If Rishi Sunak has to apologise for everything he says in public, next thing, they'll want him to apologise for the even worse things he thinks in private. I'm Harriet Langley-Swindon, and this is Non-Censored. Hello and welcome to Non-Censored, the podcast that wraps up all the best bits from my very real daily radio show into one easy-to-digest highlights package. I'm joined as ever by my producer Martin, and what a show we have for you this week, eh, Martin? Oh, yes, indeed. We've got our royal correspondent Nicola Witchell to tell us the latest on King Prince Charles. Ishan Akbar had a hot and spicy take that he shared with Sir Keir Starmer, and after Liz Truss called out the leftist forces that run the world, we brokered an exclusive interview with a member of the shadowy elite. Uh, but before all that, I must say thank you to our new Patreons, Paul Rangecroft and Linda W, who signed up to support us directly and make it possible to pay our guests at patreon.com forward slash nonsensored. They, like all our earlier subscribers, get exclusive bonus content like longer videos as well as ad-free episodes and, well, uh, just anything we can think of, really. Now, Martin, two new Patreons in a week isn't really good enough, is it? How have you been advertising it? Well, um, I was sort of hoping for a word-of-mouth sort of thing where it organically spread and, you know... Yes, and has that ever worked in the history of advertising? Well, no, but all it will take is ten people a week to subscribe and by the end of February we'll be paying our guests. <sighs> Say what you like about Gary Lineker, and I do, but there's a man who knows how to get his podcast's blanket coverage. But on to this week's show, and as ever, there were so many things in the Daily Radio Show, which exists, so stop emailing us saying it doesn't, that we couldn't include. For example, we had a whole episode devoted to the key figures in the popular conservative, or popcorn movement, but it was our worst-rated show since records began, so it seems like no-one wants to listen to that. And we also had an interview with a bookie who takes bets from members of Parliament. I can't tell you why I've not included it in this podcast, but Rishi... You owe me a thousand pounds. But we'll start with one person who wasn't at the Popcorn Con, but loomed large over it. A member of the radical woke left elite. We actually tracked down one of them, and we'll call him Jeremy, to ask him why he was ruining the world. Let's take a listen. Jeremy, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Mm, you're, you're very welcome. Now, I should state for our listeners... That isn't your real name. I, I mean, it's what people will call me anyway, Jeremy, just because of, you know, all the excellent work I've, I've, I've done for the left. Wow. Yes. Well, it's been an interesting week, Jeremy, and I listened to Liz Truss's speech with quite some interest. So it was a real coup when we found you because she basically described how your lot are mobilising around the globe and getting stronger Every day. That's right. I mean, you know, we are really clubbing together and, mm -hmm. you know, we've managed to mobilise Twitter. We own the media now. Businesses, you know, that, that's, wow. that's all very much within our, within our wheelhouse. Universities. You've got the universities. I know that. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It's actually mandatory yeah. that everyone who's doing a humanities undergraduate has to have blue hair now. And, and, and that was us. Wow. Wow. Um, Jeremy, I, I do have to ask, I mean, well, first of all, I should thank you for, you know, clearly uh, risking, um, you know, e- exposing yourself here by uh, coming on. I mean, a lot of people think that the uh, the idea of a shadowy leftist elite is something that's been invented by the right in order to make, um, you know, some kind of straw man, a scapegoats to, uh, to blame for all of the things that are going wrong. But you've come out here. And, uh, you know, I want to thank you for that, for starters. Do you feel safe? Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but what I would say before any further questions, I don't want you or any of the listeners to think of me as a hero or, you know, someone who is incredibly brave or valiant. I'm just someone who is doing the right thing, I guess, you know? Well, no, sorry. Actually, Jeremy, you're not doing good things. You're doing am bad I, things. Am I not? I, no, oh. no, you're not. Yeah, what, what, look what you what, did to poor Liz Truss. The- I mean, let's talk about Liz Truss. Why did you crash the markets? Well, we we managed to mobilise Twitter. Of course, we 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 got a few hashtags going, and 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 really that that managed to sort of fell everything completely. You know, I I I I I I I, I think we managed to uh, do that incredibly incredibly well. Liz could have been our king. And, I, and I'm not sure that is what could have happened. No, that uh, is what Harriet. could have happened. I'm, I'm well, not sure that if, if we exactly... get our way, there'll be mandatory transitions for everyone, actually. So uh, she will be. Wow. Okay. She will be king. Wow. There this, you go. This... I, told, I have been telling you this, Martin, for years, and you've just looked at me like I was being ridiculous. Well, I, I mean, it does sound a little extreme. I've got to ask Jeremy... Um, you know, Jacob Rees-Mogg has been talking about these um, left-wing extremists in the UK institutions, um, people that are environmentalists, um, you know, uh, pro-LGBT rights and, and um, e- equality, or as they call it, some kind of like uh, politically, political correctness gone mad. What are you hoping to gain by putting these people in those institutions? I mean, beyond the blue hair and the mandatory transitions, what, what's, what's the game plan there? I think we're looking to kind of... Um you know, homogenize people in a, in a, in a meaningful way. We're, we're looking to create, um, harmony and challenge the, challenge this sort of conceived order of things. Definitely. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. Let's talk about, I mean, the, the other things that the wokes have really, really sort of set upon climate change. I mean, why, why are you lying about climate change? Well, Control fundamentally, you know, it seems like uh, if right. if we can, you know, manipulate people into being afraid as a result of that, it means they'll fly less. Fortunately, I can s- still fly, um, you know, out to the, the the Tuscan villa of a of, of a summer. So it seems like kind of the the the, the best possible outcome for all, for all parties, really. Um, could I just ask how long you've been in control? I mean, how long has your your reign? taking place pretty much probably going back to new labor i'd say um or, or the inception of twitter one or right. the other yeah wow yeah. yes now you've, you've so, talked a lot about um twitter and about how you control twitter and i wondered do you control the media as well mm, absolutely absolutely all of the major mm, wow. papers in the uk are are in fact owned by us 
Um, I we, just, we operate I in a should. small cadre, like, you know, mice out of Islington. You know, that's kind of where it all comes from. That's where okay. all the narratives and the, and, the, and the rhetoric comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Islington right. mice. Yeah, but like Islington mice, not actual mice. But oh, oh like right. That. So not actually yeah. Islington mice. No, like no, them. not not no. Yeah, but yeah, like them exactly. Yeah, yeah. right. I yeah. I do have yeah. to just push on this. So you, if you've been in control of all of the media institutions and the government decisions, really, mm. since uh, New Labour or the inception of Twitter, that mm. it it's been your choice to actively not have a Labour government in power, and of course for the closing of lots of different um, left-wing print media uh, outlets over that time. And that's been good for the leftist movement, is it? It's actually been part of a much cleverer, longer-term plan. You're looking at things on a sort of 10, 20-year view, right? But over the next 100 years, I'm confident that uh, the incredible manipulation of people, narratives, and 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 power uh, will 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 lead to a, a hundred year long Labour dynasty. Oh my God! Oh. Oh. Okay. My God. So we're going we're going for dynasties now. Interesting. And 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 do you see any of the the current players playing a part? I mean, is. Is old Truss, is, is she in or is she out? What's, I mean, are They've any of the... They've already kicked her out once, she's Martin. Out. Right. She's trying, but it makes me think, will she ever get back in? I mean, with people like Jeremy in the shadows. We're actually trying. We're, 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 we've got plans to use AI to resurrect Karl Marx and have him as the leader. Oh, my that God. That seemed like the most sensible I don't know. Action. Um, yeah. What would he do then? What he'd be in? He'd be walking around. Well, he'd make um, sure the workers of the world united for, without a shadow of a doubt. This is and, and probably insisting people use the right pronouns. Sure, uh, he'd said a lot of things, many of which I can't remember, but it's almost certain he would be saying mm. some of the things he has said at some points in the um, future. Jeremy, I have to ask you, as the shadowy leftist elite um why so shadowy well we're nearly entirely white privately educated people so no, i mean i was wondering um why why cling to the shadows what is it about them i mean it's something that you know is well documented batman he he uh, he clings to the shadows yes. um also mice as you you know mentioned from islington that the ring they live in the shadows Lord of the rings arrow Dementors. D- Dementors, yes, yeah, of course, yeah. Mm. I mean, so are these just big inspirations for you or is there something quite u- useful about being Darkwing Duck? You Darkwing know, Duck. He's, he's another mm. one. Mm. Um, mm, 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 mm. The penguins. Sp- spiders. Do penguins. No, not not penguins, the penguin um, from Batman. The penguin. Oh, I see. Mm. The, the, yeah. the sort of... But, not, I mean, well, the, first of all... concept of the animal, yeah. I, I don't think that these characters were members of the left-wing elite, but I, I mean, I could be wrong. But well, what that's is where it about the shadows? That's where you're wrong. The, 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 the Penguin was, in fact, part of the left-wing elite. Mm. Yeah, he, yes. He's written some very informative commentaries on, on a lot of Lenin's work. If you, if you go far, far enough into the British Library, you'll, you'll, you'll see that. Right. Yes, there is that famous quote from the Penguin. Um, Things could be worse. Your nose could be gushing with blood. Which is, uh, and then he goes to bite. He bites off the with his penguin sort of a beak. Mm. That's um, mm. 
Um, I must you apologize know, sometimes for, you... for the noise, everybody. There is a, there's a, the, my, my cleaner isn't supposed it's, to come oh in today. God, just being very they're bloody noisy. nightmares cleaners, aren't they? They're always not doing things yes. properly and charging money. They really are. You're like, uh, not now, uh, not I now. I've I told know. you, come at night when I'm sleeping. Really? That's when you have really? your cleaner? I well, try. They won't Are you do sure it. that's your cleaner? That's... No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's probably another shadowy elite. I, I do have one question for you, Jeremy. Of the shadowy... The, 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 mm. That scene in Saltburn in the, um, in, when they're all eating and it's shadowy. There are also people in the... Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. And, mm. I mean, I don't want to do any spoilers here, but for those who haven't seen it, I think Saltburn is about how, you know, that the, we, we right-wingers and people who've really worked hard for our money have got to be careful because there's lots of lefties in the shadows ready to pounce. Well, I actually live on an estate myself, which, and that's exactly how I commandeered it. I, I, I befriended a, a, wow. a family of, of, of wealthy people and then sort of killed them off one by one uh, in sort of different poetic ways. Right. Emerald Fennell had to have got that idea from somewhere. I mean, she's, you know, she's a woman and I, I you know, I am a woman, but we, we can't come up with ideas on our own. So um, mm. it makes sense that she, she probably got that from your life. I um, think that's Je- very Jeremy- interesting. Mm. Can, can I just ask that, like, I mean, it sounds from everything that the people at PopCon have said and from everything that you've confirmed yourself that uh, you really are in control of, mm. um, of of well, the world in a way. Who run the world? Not girls or maybe left-wing shadowy girls. But mm. Um, mm. are there any right-wing institutions that um, you find yourself going up against? I mean, do they have a chance at, at, at least you know, evening the the scales in this battle. Well, based on past performance, I think that's almost definitely a no. I mean, the 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 power that we clearly exert is 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 palpable, and I think you know the only people I can really think of are the lizards. Uh, you know, who living under the right. You know, uh, uh, yeah, White House, and and harvesting children's bone marrow, but. We never see uh, yeah, too much guys, of them. Yes. Yeah, that's they're, they're probably the sort of I imagine the rather sort of embarrassing corner of the movement. You need them, but they're a bit disgusting. But you know, mm. with all of that bone marrow, they they may well live forever. So you can't alienate them entirely. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, Jeremy. Before we we leave you and you get back to your sinister plotting, I do have mm. one question for you, uh, mm. Liz Trust. Not only did she talk about the the shadowy left. She also talked about secret conservatives growing in their number, ready mm. to, to come out and bask in the sunlight. And I wondered if you are scared of the secret conservatives. Well, I think it's important to always be vigilant, you know, and, and, and aware of the possibility of those people. The way that we deal with them where I live in Islington is if you suspect that someone is that, way inclined or, or indeed becoming that way inclined you can you can invite them to undergo some sort of left-wing conversion therapy or you can take matters into your own hands and and you know try and maim them with a particularly crusty roll of sourdough or whatever you have to hand um yeah you, you know so of course it's something you have to be aware of and be 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 be, be mindful of but equally, there are channels and ways to, to deal with that. Jeremy, thank you very much. That's been a really terrifying interview. And um, I don't think I'll sleep tonight. Well, mm. nor should you. I'll, I'll ask the cleaners to come in a bit later, I think. Mm. 
Now, we've all been shaken by the news that Sir King Prince Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. And no one was more shaken than our royal correspondent, Nicola Witchell. Let's take a listen. Nicola Witchell, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you, Harriet. On this day of days, the most important week of the calendar, it's King Prince Charles week. Is it's, yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, I was going to say that it's it's so kind of you to come on the show in what must be a very worrying, scary time for you. Um, it has but been do, do explain to the listeners why it's King Charles week. Well, the biggest news across the nation, across the world, it must be because it's certainly the thing that's on the front page of all the relevant newspapers is, of course, that King Prince Charles is suffering with a form of cancer. And this is the biggest deal on the planet and shall remain so until it is resolved. And and that makes that means he has his own week. I just want to sort of clarify yes. why it's... King Charles's week. Well, it'll be every week. Oh, I see. Right. Oh, so this is week one of King Prince Charles week uh, ongoing until uh, he recovers, hopefully, I suppose. Is that, Absolutely. that what we're... we're all... Yes. We... Who will you sacrifice so that he may recover faster? Oh, how lovely. I think I will sacrifice one of Martin's dogs. We, no, I Good. don't know if that... It, I'm not sure the sacrifice is something that's... Necessary. I mean, also kind of a little bit pagan, and you know, it doesn't seem in keeping with the uh, the Christian uh, ethos of the royal family. So maybe um, I might sacrifice a, a donut. Might have a might just eat a or or a, a Victoria sponge. <laughs> Is that anything uh, appropriate? Would it? I would stamp a Victoria sponge into the earth if it gave King Prince Charles one more day on this earth. Oh, Nicola, I mean, I can't think what you must be going through. Have you have you spoken to the king or spoken to someone near the king? I have spoken to many sources near the king and they have informed me that, of course, and I, I hate to speak about them and I never do, but Harry and Meghan the Sussexes have... Well, let's let's be honest here. Let's talk science. They caused this and yes. Harry visited this week. It took him 26 hours to leave and visit his father in his special royal hospital. Well, I mean, it, we should probably flag up that um, they do, the, the Sussexes do live um, in America. So it would have taken them a little bit of time, even even with a sort of a private jet to uh, to make their oh, way yes. over. So just over Let's talk about a, a, a day. Yes, yeah, of course. Let's, let's talk about um, that. Let's talk about the private jet, the, the elephant in the sky. Let's talk about that. OK. What would you like to... Well, I call themselves environmentalists and there they are eating avocados and flying around in the sky willy-nilly on a private jet. It is, Nicola. It's it's incredibly hypocritical. So it's disgusting. Mm. Just to clarify, Nicola, do you think they... You, the, the 26 hours, the problem that you have with that is is not that it's too long uh, a time to elapse between them getting there, but rather it's too quick. Is that what you're saying? You'd prefer them to take a slower, more environmentally friendly mode of transport? Well, like a boat, Martin. Or a Zeppelin. 
Take a Zeppelin if you care so much about the environment, but they don't. They claim to, but they don't. I'll tell you who cares about the environment. King Prince Charles, he hasn't flown anywhere. That is yeah, very true. That and is he's true. He's the example here. He's not gone on any planes. Never. And Harry and Meghan have just gone on a really long one. How is that honouring your father? Well, it's not isn't. Um, of course... Nicola, um, you know, the royals have been um, well documented in using planes. I mean, even uh, King Prince Charles himself, uh, I believe, flew into um, COP26 to, to give an environmentally uh, progressive speech about how we should reduce our carbon footprints. Um, yes. But, but I mean, he got there by plane, so... Who didn't listen? Who didn't listen? Harry and Meghan the Sussex, they didn't listen. He did all that environmentally friendly flying to Dubai, home of the brave land of the free, in order to tell the world to use less carbon emissions. And what did they do? They didn't listen and they got on a private jet and flew over to see him. Well, I think it's disgusting and I think it's clear the message is it's all right when he does it. Yes. Yes, it's so true. It's hypocritical, Nicola. Yeah. That's what it is. Now, Nicola, I, I want to touch on something you said earlier about how... Harry and Meghan had perhaps caused uh, King Charles's cancer, and you said mm. it's um, it's science. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to sort of look into that, really. Like, well, it's a very interesting concept. What what is the the science behind it? Well, we have nothing but evidence, don't we, Harriet? Nothing but evidence. We have. Here's here's the first bit of evidence. King Prince Philip driven to an early grave by them. Her Majesty, the Queen of England, driven to an early grave by them. And now King Prince wow. Charles suffering, suffering because of what they have done. And what do they do? Get on a private jet. Well, I say no. I mean, right. that's quite co compelling evidence, it's, I think. It, it, I feel that at this point I should flag up that there isn't necessarily any... Um, evidence-based uh, scientific uh, statements that are linking this to the development of cancer. There's there's lots of different things that can uh, bring on... She just gave it. She just gave you the I evidence. I literally just did. I am a royal correspondent. She, she listed it. I think it's pretty obvious. And it was more obvious. than one. Yes. Right. That's I really... mean, I, I'm sure stress... Um, and uncomfortable social engagements are, um, you know, not not fun for for lots of people, and and, and you know, quite distressing in some ways. But uh, just the, the the actual, you know, the scientific link. Sorry, producer is, Martin. Is, yeah. Can I just say who is likely to know more about this? Well, A you know, royal you... correspondent. Yeah. A respected royal correspondent. Or you. Well, that's a, what I... A, a man who fiddles knobs for a Well, day. I don't... That's not how I describe it. But, I mean, yeah, I do see your point. I mean, in this situation, I, I would usually go with the expert. Um, yes, exactly. Just, You're a knob. I, I don't think that's... I don't think that's what she was saying. That I'm just... Uh, because I do mixing on a sound desk. I did. And, I said it. And I know science. Nicola, also, I mean... Mm. Some of our new listeners may not know this, but you have quite a strong connection to the afterlife. That's um, true, to yes. To the world beyond. Yes, I uh, am I'm occasionally inhabited by the spirit of the late Diana, it's true. And I just wondered if you've you've spoken to... I mean, uh, this is her, her ex-husband. Princess mm, Diana must be worried mm, about him as well. And yes. I just wondered if she'd spoken to you or, or spoken through you... At any point. Yes, well, I've told her 
for this conversation to remain in the spare room. Remain in the spare room, Diana. Remain in the spare room, for right. goodness sake. Obviously, uh, uh, King Prince Charles was her, her favourite royal after Andrew. Uh, who, who she says has been treated very poorly, particularly by Meghan the Sussex. And she has said that she's deeply, deeply worried about the effect that Harry's 45-minute visit will take its toll on her beloved ex-husband, who she has nothing but respect for. Yes. Nothing but respect for the royals had Diana. Take note, Meghan the Sussex. I mean, 45 minutes, it's not... I mean... I could have a, a Starbucks in 45 minutes. You know, I, it's not well, disrespectful. Yeah, I'm not sure that that is, comparison proves anything. It, 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 I, I think it depends on your relationship with your, your parents, really, doesn't it? I mean, 45 minutes with uh, my dad, just me and my dad in the same room. That, that, would, that usually does me for, um, for quite a few months, actually. Um, and, and, and we're a very happy family. You know, there's a lot of love there. Just, it's, it's 45 minutes can mean different things. Harry was lucky that he didn't kick him out of the room immediately. He was, oh, Diana, how dare you? How dare you leave the spare room when I explicitly told you to remain in there and, and spread lies uh, about, about this? Oh, hang on, what were you saying? No, he's actually extremely lucky that he was allowed in the room at all. And also, I think Meghan is bad. And what Harry did is because of her, because he is a, a, a very weak man. Well, there we have it. That's words from Diana herself. Wow. You, you may, wow. you may, you may come into my studio briefly, Diana. Every time, Nicola, we have you on the show, and Diana speaks through you. Mm. I get the chills. I get the chills. Yeah. It's quite extraordinary. I'll never get over it. My dream is for my husband to reign for 30 more years. Well, there you have it. There you have it, Diana. Wow. wow. Di Diana. Okay. Her, do you know her dying wish was for King Prince Charles to reign for over 30 years? Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Mm. And, and once again, Nicola, the mainstream media won't cover this. Almost, Every time you give us these exclusives... I mean, no one... I haven't seen this sort of thing said anywhere, to be honest. No. Only here. It's good, an exclusive. Good for you. And I hope our listeners appreciate that. Um, Nicola, thank you so much for coming on. Do, do keep thank in you. touch and let us know, you know what's, what's going on with, with King Charles and I hope he's doing all right and I hope... Princess Diana behaves herself. I'm going to go through all the crockery. Diana, no, I told you, stay out of the crockery. She rearranges it. She rearranges it. She puts the white mugs at the front and all the mugs with funny designs at the back. It's disgusting, Diana. I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. Oh, I hate the fact you can go anywhere in this house, Diana. I hate it. I tell you where to stay and you come in here and you spout things and you rearrange the crockery. It's disgusting. Well, this is what I'm going to be dealing with all day. I hope you're proud of yourself, Diana. I'm very proud of myself. I'm going to go and talk about landmines now in front of the crockery. Shut up about the landmines! Well... That's that. I mean, it's a gift, but it's also a curse.
Finally, we had Ishan Akbar on the show for his regular hot and spicy takeaway of the week. But this time, there was a bit of a twist. Yes, this week his hot and spicy takeaway was contrasted with a milder and creamier takeaway from the very good friend of the show, Sir Keir Starmer. He is not a friend of the show, Martin. He is a friend of yours. And you weren't even here for this segment. Where were you? Look, just because he's my friend doesn't mean I can abandon the school run. You shouldn't abandon the school run for your friend, Martin. You should abandon it for work. Anyway, here's Ishan and Keir. Well, we've got a very special edition of Hot and Spicy Takeaway this week. We've got hot and spicy, but also mild and creamy with my guests, Ishan Akbar. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, very well. Thank you. And also, Sakir Starmer. Hello, Sakir. How are you? Hello. Hello. I'm very well. Thank you. Happy new Prime Minister year. I hear there's going to be a new Prime Minister this year. Right, well, okay, let's not count our chickens quite yet. Um, You're right, you're right, we've got to bide our time. Yes, there's lots of things could change, okay? The secret Conservative voters could rise up and destroy you. So let's let's keep that in mind. Anyway, um, Ishan, let's start with you. What is your hot and spicy takeaway of the week? Well, you might have seen earlier this week our incumbent Prime Minister and very possibly continuing Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, doubt it, was sat across from the table from uh, the esteemed Piers Morgan, a friend of yours, Harriet, of course. Yes, wonderful. And they were discussing the Rwanda policy, and Piers Morgan offered a £1,000 bet. Yes. Which Rishi kindly accepted. Disgraceful. Disgraceful no, behaviour. Of course, Keir Starmer would say it's disgraceful, but here's my hot and spicy takeaway. I quite like politicians placing bets. I think the more bets they place, the more confidence they seem to have in their policies. I say every policy that a politician announces must come with a bet paid for by the politician. And then we know their money's where their mouth is, don't we? And also, (laughs) it's a bit of fun. And, you know, I think that's what the Rwanda plan is sometimes missing, fun. And I think, you know, everyone gets, oh, the vulnerable people. Well, let's jolly that up a bit and put some money there. Well, here's the thing. The policy itself isn't missing any fun. Actually, it's a very fun policy. What's not fun about going to a hot climate in the middle of February? Let's not be around the bush here. That's fun. The problem is the reporting on it hasn't been yeah. fun because you know what reporters are like. All moany, whiny little so-and-sos. Yes, they are, they are. Moan, moan, moan. Now, Sakir is vigorously uh, shaking his head here. Sakir, would you not take a little bet on something, on no, one of your no, policies? Look, you two, I think that your interpretation of this is is done in complete ignorance of what politics is actually like. In frontline <laughs> politics, you don't, you don't make bets. You don't make flippant little jokes about your policies. And one of the main reasons you don't make cash bets on your policies is because very often your policies change. You'll make a promise and then you'll realise that you don't have the intention of fulfilling the promise, and then you have to reverse the policy. How are you going to look if you've bet £1,000 of your own money on the policy? Well, in that You're case, going to look like a rich idiot. And well, in that case, Akia, may I propose to you the accumulator? OK, how does this work? So what you can do is you can uh, place a number of different bets, and you might even be able to place bets where the same policy changes. 
But if the bet comes through, you accumulate a bigger cash pot prize. So you can cash out at the time when you think, actually, I think I've exhausted what my bet could be. So you might say, oh, let's bet that my education policy isn't going to be very successful. You might not want to place that bet because it might not show faith in you. But if you're a clever better, you'll say at some point, it'll come good. I'll place a bet on that. Right. Oh, so actually I could place a bet on sort of, um, I'm I'm going to have quite a right-wing policy, but then later it might become quite a left-wing policy, but then maybe it'll actually just become quite bland and sort of sit somewhere in the middle. And I can put money on all those things and and actually make profit. Absolutely. Oh, well, well, then this is great. And then you could put all the money that you've won into the Rwanda policy. Well, no, I I wouldn't do that. I would draw the line at that. You could donate it, Sakir. Donate. I think the Rwanda policy could almost be a sort of charity, you know, that people put more money towards. No, I'm not sure about that. No. I think I'd just spend it on um, a big blowout. I've actually just been doing a lot of the... I've got these big 40 before 40 lists, which I never really got through, and now I'm trying to go through them before I become Prime Minister. Right. Just do all the things that... What kind of things you know, do you have on your list? Ride a Harley. Right. Um, Is that a person or a bike? Oh, uh, the, the, the bike. The bike. I don't know anyone called Harley, yeah. but I'm very happily married. Okay. No, I, I don't know. I don't know any Harleys either, actually. I'd quite like to. Eat in a Michelin star restaurant. Oh, have I don't know if either of you guys want to go to one sometime. I'm just trying to really sort of enjoy life well, before Sakira, the next I, I couldn't be seen with you in public. It would do my reputation a lot of harm. I also Fair don't think... I'd like to burst out of a cake. It would be a good look for you to be in a Michelin-starred restaurant, would it? Me? No, Sakir. I don't know who would be a good look for the leader of the opposition to be in a Michelin-starred restaurant when we're in a apparent... Oh, you're right. It would sort of eliminate my man of the people. Maybe you could be in a Michelin-starred restaurant with a donkey. Yes, yes. Or maybe making funny faces at everything, like sort of, ooh... That's a bit a bit wild, isn't it? Mm. Hold up a big bottle of champagne and go, well, I don't a, normally have this sort of thing. That's okay. I don't want to give you any ideas for your uh, campaign because I, you know, I am a Tory. Of course, but, you're, you're um, not a fan. But I think that does sound like quite a good idea. Yeah, yeah I might try that. Mm. I'd like to place a bet on Sir Keir Starmer having a picture taken of him next to a big bottle of Dom Perignon by the time the election rolls around. What odds do you think I'd get on that? Um... What, can I bet against it? Yeah, of course you can. Oh, well, uh, a million to one. A million to one. Well, okay. Well, I knew by the end of this conversation we'll get so key to put... I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I tricked you. Yeah. Well, he knows his stuff, Sakir. You have to give him that, Ishan. Yeah. He fooled I'm you sharp. There. All that time in the legal profession's really come into its own placing this, yeah. hasn't it? Oh, yeah. I know how to get one over on people. Yes, he does. And there are other things. There are other things I could do. I'd like to go on a um, a skate ramp. Yes. You know those uh, those ones where you go down and then it go then it goes round and then you go up. Sakira, you're not worried with, with all of those. these um, plans of yours that you you might have a Ed Miliband bacon sandwich situation. Oh no, no, the election's in the bag at this point. So all I could do is you know there's the old photo of me in, in knee pads with a with a crash helmet skateboarding on a half pipe. All it's going to do is make more people vote. When for did me. you write this list? So, Sakir so Stammer, if if you're the elections in the bag, does that mean you're just going to stick to your policies and not change on anything? Oh no, oh no, you can't do that because you've got to win over voters and appeal to voters. So yeah, we'll be. But, but you said it's in the, back it's on in the, stuff. It's and, in the bag. Ah uh, yes, but who's been in the headlines this week? Labour. Big headlines. Every time we do a U-turn, we get a headline out of it. Everyone's talking about Labour all the time. Who's this guy? And then a photo in the paper. Shin pads, crash helmet, skateboard tucked under my arm. 
perhaps some sunglasses. Who's this guy? I keep hearing about him. He's got my vote. U-turn, U-turn, skateboard. Um, maybe I'll get a guitar. Do you really think optics of you being in a crash helmet and knee pads with a skateboard, yeah. you just skate away should it get a bit tough? Do you think that's... Do you think that was a good look for you, sir? I'm not, Ishan, I'm not skating away when things get tough. Right. When things get tough, I'm skating towards skating them. Down. I'm skating yeah, into nice. the trouble, down the half pipe. Yeah. And then at the bottom of the half pipe, I, I fix all the country's problems. And then I swoop up the other end of the half pipe to acclaim and glory. And then a glitter cannon goes off or something. That's usually what happens. You have to skate yeah. down because all the people of the country are in the gutter, are they? Everyone's in the gutter. I didn't say that. Okay. You said that, not me. You've got to be careful, Sakir, because Ishan may not be a reporter, but he's quite good at tripping people up. He is. He nearly got me there. Yes, Because was... he's a comedian. But I'm too sharp. Anyway, look, I want to move on to uh, Sakir Starmer, your mild and creamy take. Um, we, we can do hot and spicy take. I, just thought, I don't like the word. No, it doesn't, it's not really in my, it's I, not really in my I nature. I don't like the word creamy. My mild and creamy take of the week this week is that uh, we've been getting a lot of flack this week for U-turns, um, changing policies. But I would say one thing we could all agree on at the moment is that the world is a pretty nasty, divisive, angry place. The last thing any of us want is criticism and hostility and angry debate. So what we're doing is we're trying to put together a manifesto that nobody can criticise. People will look at it and just go, "Oh well, that's that's fine. That's that's nothing. I don't I don't have strong feelings about that. We don't want a, a world where the Tories are criticising my manifesto and saying, "Oh, what a bad manifesto! It's uncosted." We just want something that's going to make people feel calm and relaxed. Have you ever been in a flotation tank? Many, many times. Yes. We want to recreate that sort of experience for what, people like a because dinghy. the world is a very divisive place. What and, what? and you're going to do that via your policies, Sakir? Yeah, just make a, a, a sort of a, a set of policies that just feel like nothing. That just feel like floating in, a, in an orb. This sounds like, like you're in one of those tanks in the Matrix. Describing a dinghy, and I thought we were against dinghies. No, dinghies. Yeah, it sounds like. A little dinghy just floating about in the middle of the ocean just it just seems... A no, I'm imagining it's enclosed over the top as well. I don't, I don't oh, like the idea of there being any sort of external stimulus at all. Right. Just, you're in your pod. Yes. Nothing's happening. Nothing of substance is being said. Yes. Doesn't that sound nice in this day and age? Maybe put on a bit of Brian Eno. Nothing challenging. No harsh rhythms. I mean, I don't know about this, Sakir. It sounds horrendous. Seems a bit... Um, well, I mean, I don't think it should see the light of day. I would have thought it's the kind of policy platform you'd approve of. I'm, I'm specifically trying to make sure that people like you, Tories, can find nothing to criticise. I'm sick of being criticised by Tories. It's horrible. Mm. Well, it makes for a very hostile, stressful life. So now I just don't want the Tories to criticise me anymore. You have had criticisms this pod. week, Sakir, haven't you? You've had criticisms. You've had criticisms on, on rolling back on your your policies about, about green, about the 28 billion. 15. Well, that's what it is now. Yep, yes. 15 billion. I don't remember anyone saying 28. Right, OK. Well, that's what... You that's... must be thinking of a different number. You're thinking of the number 28. I've promised 15. Well, that's very silly, Sakir, but we know that's... Well, all right, all right. It, it, it would have been 28, but uh, we've sort of had the wind taken out of ourselves, haven't we? I would have loved to have pledged 28 billion, mm. but some friends of yours crashed I the economy. I am fed up of this Liz Truss blaming. 
It's disgusting. It has to stop. She's a wonderful woman, and no. I think she's just used as a scapegoat again no. and again. Well, it's her fault. If you want to pick faults in the 28 billion plan, go and take it up with your friend. Mike was uh, quite defiant, Sir Keir, actually. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not not normal. It doesn't come naturally to me, but I think it's all these new exciting adventures I've been going on. Yeah, as you've been jumping on pogo sticks and whatever. I think yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. when you've got a really good interviewer at the helm, it, it does bring out interesting things in, Maybe in that's her, it. her guests. How were you able to go from 28 to 15? It's quite a big jump. Well, just, you know, have you got 14 billion pounds? Well, no, I don't. In your back pocket? Well, well, exactly. Yes, but... When you don't have 28 billion, it's very easy to go from 28 billion down to 15. 15. What will you do I with don't that? even know if we have 15, but you didn't hear that from me. What will you do instead with that money, Sakir? Will it go to uh, Rwanda? No, big boat party in Corfu. Right. I'm off to Corfu with the boys. Oh. And we're going to go on a big boat and uh, throw powder paint at each other because I've never done it. I feel like it's my last chance to do it. When I'm Prime Minister, I'm not going to have time to go to Corfu and throw paint at people on a boat, but me and the boys are doing it so this can, March. Will you, stop this, will you stop the small boats while you're there? Will you stop the boats? You can stop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to get... The big boat's going to come up right... Oh, no, I see what I see what you did there, and you nearly got me to commit to a policy I don't agree with. He's very sharp. He's very yes, good. Yes, he's, he's, he's clever. I always try to run rings around. Yes, yes. But no, I will be going up a gangplank onto a big boat. Yeah. Um, we must end here. But Sikhe, before, uh, I just want to ask you one thing. that uh, You talk about all these things you want to achieve before Prime Minister. Um, yeah. Do you think someone could buy the rights to this and it could be a heartwarming movie? Oh, absolutely. Mm. I'm in talks with Netflix right now. You know when you type Christmas into Netflix and then you scroll way, way down and then you find all those weird cheap movies where Lindsay Lohan falls off a cliff and forgets what Christmas is? Great movie, yes. I'm talking to the people that make those movies about whether we could do a sort of a, a harmless... Oh, the, the little lawyer that could. And, you know, first he's struggling in law and then he has to romance a lady and learn self-confidence and then he becomes prime minister at the end. It's a beautiful yeah, story. Billy Elliot for the law. Yeah, exactly that. Wow. Okay, well, on that very strange be a big note, dance um, routine. I want to thank my guests. Thank you, Ishan Akbar, from your for your hot and spicy takeaway, and Sakir. Thank you for your um, <clears throat> cold and creamy and mild mess. Well, that's it for this episode. We'll be back next week. So in the meantime, like, subscribe, tell your friends, follow the Out of Context Non-Censored Blue Sky account and keep those questions coming to nonsensoredpodcast at gmail.com and join us on patreon.com forward slash nonsensored to get ad-free episodes, longer videos, bonus podcasts and much, much more. With thanks to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Josh Berry, Suze Kempner, Jules Norris and Ed Morrish. I'm Harriet Langley-Swindon and we'll be back next week with more Non-Censored.